And you, you won't see me stop eating no ribs either. <laughs> Gotta have them ribs. And pussy too. Don't Malcolm talk about no pussy? Now you know that ain't gonna work. Hey ladies and gentlemen, Juan Sanchez. Welcome back to the Million Ex-Girlfriends podcast. Today I'm joined by the new uh, co-chair, co-host yes, guy, uh, Jesse Piff. What's that? Welcome to the podcast, Jesse. Thanks, Thanks. for coming in and uh, joining. Anybody who listens to this knows that I've had a, I've had a, quite a creative block recently. So uh, when I called you and because I don't, like I said before, I just kind of don't like talking to myself on video anymore. I don't feel like it's productive. So when I called you and asked you to like, you know, basically join and just conversate with me every week, and you were like, yeah, fine. It was kind of a big thing for me. So I want, I do want to take a time ahead of time to appreciate that to show my appreciation for that. No, thank you. Shit's lit. <laughs> So how was uh how was your Thanksgiving? I was all right. Um, this is the first time I I didn't do like a whole big, huge like go go away Thanksgiving. I just you know me and my girl, you know we did our thing you know and uh, went to go see my mom. Uh, she was cooking a little bit. You know what I mean we didn't have any turkey but <laughs> still good. Had salmon and shit. Good. My um my mom didn't my mom was worried about like me coming over with like all the with all the restrictions like this fucking pandemic and everything yeah so i was like all right i can't she explained to me how she felt about like my dad's health and stuff and i was like okay i can't argue with you on that one so i just stayed here it wasn't a big deal for me it was like oh, this is what i've always wanted i've wanted to get away my away from my family anyway so yeah. fair enough but I, like my roommate his family came over yeah and like some other people came over and like one of our friends and it was just wild and crazy and like <laughs> there was one moment where I literally had a middle aged white dad moment I had to go sit out in the shed by myself <laughs> I, said, I need a I need a minute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just need a minute I'm alright but I need a minute yeah no that's exactly what happened cause um cause of how many people were here and like everybody didn't want to be like all together in the same room mm-hmm. um we set out a table up here for for like six of us. There was because there was like ten people over or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like five or six of us sat out here in the living room. But I keep that table in the shed. So like when I went out there to grab it, I just snuck in there and just closed the door behind me and I just sat there. And then my roommate came right out like a couple minutes afterwards and mm-hmm. he just saw me sitting out there. I was like, listen, man, I'm gonna bring this in in a minute. I just I need to, I need to chill. I just need to chill, bro. He was like, no, no, no. I'll take th- I'll take the table. You come back when you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so yo, let me roll a blunt. Let me get good, and you know, I'll be back. <laughs> now everybody needs a moment to step away. Um, yeah, like Thanksgiving was good though. Yeah. And like one thing I realized is everybody makes everybody makes Thanksgiving food differently. Yeah. Like, his his mom put some like I don't know raisins or something in the in the stuffing. Oh, something that just doesn't belong. Yeah, and I kept trying to like eat around them because other than that the stuffing was good. Yeah. But it was just like those fucking raisins or something. I was like, yeah. Sometimes you gotta you know you gotta give a little. Yeah, well, I mean the gravy was all right, and you know every everything else was. I think I only ate like two or three things. I think I found like the two or three things I liked, and I was like, "These are good enough." Yeah, that, Thanksgiving is good for that. Like, you don't have to eat everything, but you better eat a lot. Like, if you can, eat a lot. <laughs> my dad was like, my dad like went to cooking school for a little while, and he's worked in a lot of restaurants. He just has like a natural flair, kind of like a panache when it comes to like cooking. Mm. So the Thanksgiving food is always good at my parents' house. Oh, I will, I will admit, 
I missed out on that. But <laughs> yeah, it seems like. I, I mean, that's just how it goes sometimes, you know. Like, like I said at one point, this is this is what I wanted. This is what I chose. Yeah, so you know, that's just what that's just what I got to deal with. Now. I got to deal with mediocre Thanksgiving food. Yeah. Hey, we all at least you ate, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm complaining. There are people who are, there are people who are like I almost want cooked. any food. I almost cooked the turkey. I, I thought about it. I haven't cooked one yet. Um, I do. I dab a little bit in the kitchen. I don't want to say I'm a chef or nothing like that, but you know, I you know, I eat. <laughs> I cook for myself and my family. So, I was thinking about cooking a turkey, and I I just got too busy, and like people were like, "Oh, you got to get it mad early and defrost it and do all this other stuff." And I was like, Bro, I, "Yeah, I'm not ready for that yet." <laughs> Dude, his mom his mom offloaded the turkey on us. She was all like, she's like, I brought the turkey. I already did all the preparing and everything. You just got to keep it in your fridge and put it in the oven, which, fine, fair enough. But that means we still have to baste it, make sure it gets hey, in by a certain that, time. If I had that, I would have been good because I could cook it at the, at that point. But it's like, I, apparently, like they freeze the fuck out of them. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm not, I'm not feeling, that's what I'm saying. I'm not feeling adult enough for that. I'm like, I'm ready to show up late when the food's right. made. Like, by the time I decided, I was like, yo, I'm going to cook a turkey, I we were like a week and a half out and they're like yo you should have already got your turkey and I was like damn <laughs> so I was like I, I, I'll just chill you know and I'll figure it out and then you know we did <laughs> took a little bit we did Thanksgiving 2020 man wild um but yes on your on your recommendation uh you told me I should watch the 6ix9ine documentary yes. the other night and uh I finally did and I actually I liked it quite a bit um at first, I was hesitant to watch it because I was because there's like that thing of like, well, okay, you're just giving the guy attention, mm. and that's what he wants. Mm-hmm. But I watched it, and I was interested in it. Just <laughs> fucking around, right. um, and I was interested the whole way through, and then at the very end, when he did, when like the camera's zooming in on his eye, and he makes that statement of like, "Did I just give this guy exactly what he wanted?" Yeah, that's when I was like, "All right." This just this is this is yes. This dude knew exactly what he was making, and he knew exactly like who the audience was. Right. And I I really liked that. And like it's for everybody. Like if you were, you were fans of him. If you never were a fan of him. If you hate him. Like I really do feel like everybody like, well not everybody. Everybody doesn't need to watch it. It's not one of those documentaries. But if you're a creative and you uh. You do your own thing. You should watch it, man. Like you should, you should get a perspective at least uh, from the marketing side of it. As far as like he went to jail, why he go to jail, why he snitched, and all that other stuff. That's mm. just for drama. And if people want to watch that, you could watch that. Love it or hate it. I mean, it's there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it'll keep you inter- entertained because everybody knows the story already. Like the the guy didn't even really get to interview six nine. Like it's all all the audio from six nine in the documentary is from iTunes. So you get everybody already knows it, like you know the background story. He's not telling you anything new as far as that, but he is telling you the how how Six Nine started and like you if you look at how he started in media basically and just being a genius at getting becoming viral, like some people have that, but they have like like we were talking about it, like they have the moral background or like they have somebody in the ear telling them to stop or maybe you shouldn't do that, and he just we just on go, yeah. Like, and like yeah it was it led to his downfall and led to bad decisions and stuff like that but it did put him on you know what I mean like there is something to it maybe not the same way but you know it wasn't just random like he his songs didn't blow just because 
yeah. you know what I mean like it was almost like people almost thought that because they were like well what I don't like this song why, why, how is yeah. this a number one song and like who knows like some people are even saying like he had bots the whole time and like you know what I mean but like everybody knew the music like yeah. you know what I mean whether you hated it or loved it it was everywhere every time he put a song I was everywhere once once like when I saw the beginning like where he came from like with wearing like the weird like the clothes with like the crazy statements on him and stuff yeah. like that I realized that I had known who the guy was all along, even before he started putting out music. I had been seeing memes of the guy for years yeah. before he ever started putting out music. But I didn't put the two together mm-hmm. until years later. Because when he first started putting out music, I'm like, why the fuck is this dude? What the fuck is this? Why right. am I hearing this? But there's a lot of people like... Um, people like like YouTubers that like they they get famous on YouTube for doing one thing and then they're like oh I, I rap too you know what I mean and like they never make it as a uh, as an artist yeah. and like I feel like he only rapped because he couldn't do the wild stuff on social media anymore because he got caught up in the case yeah. like if he had never got caught up in that he probably who knows he might not have ever touched music like to be honest like he was definitely a um, a descendant of the jackass school. Of right, like he just took it. He just had no boundaries. That's really what it was. And like people love that. People love the guy that's like, like you can relate it to like OJ in the Bronco. Like people love the guy that's running away from yeah, you know everything terrible. You know, and that's like one thing like Causing like mayhem. when I do things on social media, I'm not hesitant to talk about like my mental or emotional issues yeah but also at the same time i'm not trying to make you feel bad for me so i won't dig too deeply into it i do like to try and make like some kind of comedy or entertainment about it because it's like a thing we all got to deal with yeah that that's a that's a side note though but like yeah i i i do have a little bit too much restraint and self like judgment to just wild out like 6 9 did like mm-hmm. that's that's just too much but man. i mean if you look at it, like a lot of the people that have made it at least in in the rap world they had that do it by any means mentality he took it in a different route and like you can only expect that he's you know you learn from everybody else like watching everybody else do it so you know like he just had to find his own way and like that's what it was that's what resonated with me like he was just like I just want I I was just trying to f- be rich I don't want to be broke anymore you, pass me that you know and like that's how he found out to do it like there's crazy people out there bringing my friend just showed me a podcast of this chick that like you know she gets paid money to be a dog <laughs> alright so yeah <laughs> you know get in where you fit in like you know you can't really be mad at somebody when they're making money yeah that's the weird thing about like the modern day and age like since we're talking about like 6 9 and like the crazy shit he did like with the access to the internet like basically every day we wake up and traumatize ourselves before we start our day even you're always reading some news story about some terrible shit happening or you're always seeing some person doing some edgy outlandish shit Mm -hmm. you're just always seeing some shit you're not ready for before you go and start your day and like six nine could only exist like now right but like think about six nine he's a meme a walking meme yeah like everything about him his persona his what he says the the photos that he takes the photos that people edit of him everything about him is a meme he's a troll and a meme right and now he's a snitch it's hard to say that you could tell the story of hip hop without him 
You know, like yeah, and because he's such an aberration, you have to talk about it. He's like he's like I said this before the whole snitch thing I, I, to my friends. I was like, yo, like he's almost reached that. I want to say like moguls or iconic status, where everybody knows who he is across the world. Like a lot of people know who he is. Now I'm not gonna say he's the most famous person or whatever like that, but like. Who knows what he's gonna keep doing? Like you saw, like he he broke records on Instagram when he got out of jail. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he just knows how to capture an audience, whether he's doing the right thing or he's doing the wrong thing. Like he's got that to unpack. Like he knows how to bring people around and and watch him. Like well, no matter what he's doing, I don't even know if he's gonna really keep doing music. Like mm. he's one of those people that like. People would cast him as himself. People would cast him as like a gangster, funny. You, you, he could be in a comedy. He could yeah. be in a horror. He could, he could be in anything. Like as you know far as I mean? like the music goes, he might have at least one album left because I know he signed a deal before he got out of prison for one album, for two albums. He put a something English out. album and a Spanish speaking album. He put one out and like it didn't do well. Yeah, he put he put out he put one out recently and I don't even remember the name of it. Yeah, it didn't do well. I just know it came out in the wake of that song that I don't remember Google Trolls Tro Trolls was the second one I yeah. actually did kind of like that one yeah, I'll be honest Nikki. but uh Google uh, yeah, yeah I, get, a, I mean I like 6 9 I, 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 not like no it's hard for me as a rapper to be like I can't just say I like 6 9 music because when I say that and people hear me say that they're like big asterisk next yeah they're like oh are you what you don't have no bars it's like if you were typing in a document you'd have to highlight the asterisk and then set it to the biggest font possible but it's just like when I was in that mode of like being on stage and stuff like that like when you're on stage for like I was a host like when you're on stage for like six seven hours like you gotta feel music. Like you gotta mm. be around music that like just gets you moving, gets you hype, and that's what Six Nines music is meant to do. It's meant to get you hype, meant to get the party started. Like people liked it. Like it's good stuff. Like not as far as like intellectually good. Like I also love J Cole. So like it's not mm. on that level like at all. But it's it's fun to it's fun to take a critical eye towards some music mm. because of how seriously artists can take themselves. But with six nine, it's hard to try and be critical about it because he doesn't take himself seriously as an artist. He's trying to do wild shit and be famous. But I mean, look at Waka Flocka. He said over and over again, "I am not a good rapper." Mm. But people pay for my music. There's a lot of rappers like Lil Uzi Vert. He said, "I hate rap." I'm a rock star. That's what he said. Right. <laughs> a lot of these guys are like, well, I just do it because, you know, I need money. Like, he says, yeah, he says in that one song, I'm not a rapper, I'm just all about my cheddar. And right. I actually have a lot of respect for that because I hate dishwashing and that's how I feel about right. it. I right. hate it, just, but it. Everybody needs a job. And fucking like, puts money in your pocket. There's a lot of people that say, oh, like, oh, if you're a one-hit wonder, then you ain't shit. Like, that Star Life shit ain't for everybody. And if you made $3 million off of one song, do you really need to keep rapping? Like save it properly. Isn't that what we trying to do? Like if you won the lottery, would you keep playing the lottery? That's like, what I'm yeah, saying, I mean, dude. If I fucking like, hit a good hand at blackjack on the table, I'm walking away. Right, like it's a jackpot. Like you know what I mean. <laughs> so like, I'm not saying that that's something that I would do, but you gotta still respect somebody that did that. You know what I mm. mean? And like, however they did it, you know, like 
And there's different ways to do it. There's no real script anymore of how to do it. Like, you can be a mainstream rapper and be broke, but look like you got a billion dollars. And you could be an underground rapper and look like you broke and have a billion dollars. Mm. Like, yeah, like MC Hammer. Right? Like, this. <laughs> he lost all of his there money. There are so many underground rappers that are just touring and making their money, and they're just doing it all independent. Making hand over fist, bro. Like, people love music, and you can't help but but if you love something, like if you love some like a song or something like that, it's not like anything else. Like, if I love a sport, like I cho I choose to love that. Like, music is something so like to your core. Like the songs that you like, like even the songs that you 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 think are annoying, but you keep you memorize them or you you still dance every once in a while when you when they come on like those songs like that's so like something like inside you like that's in, like it's instinct almost you know what i mean like yeah so like you know you can't help it you can't help what you like man anything could be hot like especially now it's like i feel like at one point it was all about the name like what names are on the song like that's what makes the song hot like it's got to be this, this, and this, and if it's not that, then like the song ain't hot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's that time. Okay, editing this is gonna be a nightmare because I just realized that thing that thing only runs for like 22 minutes, and the audio's gonna be all over the place. So I'll just figure it out afterwards. Yeah. But yeah, it's that time. Let's do it. Um. But I know that, uh, what's it, uh, something, I would just talk to you about something when you got here, the, the, what I was saying about the Detroit Lions, because I was listening to a podcast where they were fucking bitching about that dude. I, you know football better than I do, so tell me how you feel about that whole situation. Give me, give me some insight. Let me, as a, I'm putting myself on the outside of the situation. Tell me what's going on with that. I feel like, for one, it's real tough to, to hold a job in the NFL, because, like, the job that you're going to get, the new job you're going to get, is never going to be, like, a perfect ideal situation. Obviously, Earl State have a coach. You know what I mean? So you're walking into a shitty situation. And when you have a <coughs> shitty situation and an organization that doesn't necessarily work with you to rectify that situation, then you get set up to look like it's your fault. Um, if you're the head coach and you lose, it's your fault, though. So, like, for people to say, like, oh, it's not Patricia's fault. Well, like, he didn't produce. So, at the end of the day, yeah, it is his fault. And I am a coach. So, like, I feel like that, too. Like, it doesn't matter how good your team is or how good they performed in the regular season. If you don't get the job done year after year, then you are subject to get fired. And you should get fired, bro. Like, we could talk about this afterwards. But I, gotta, I, gotta, I do got to film more uh, of you coaching some lacrosse stuff. Lax's Life You at Lax's Life You Instagram. Um, but I know that they just let go of they just let go of two dudes. So there's the one guy that you just mentioned, the head coach. Yeah. But then there was like another guy who they had like a nine and seven streak under or something, and fucking Detroit Lions fans are all about that because it's the only time <laughs> that their team has ever been said, good. Uh in their division it's the Lions, the Bears, the Vikings, and the Dog Packers. Bears. And I mean, there aren't many there aren't many uh divisions in football that will allow three teams to make the playoffs. Um so 
The Packers are going to make the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> the Vikings look like they might make the playoffs, too. So, yeah, um, it's tough in Detroit to, to, get, to, to even make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, and no, they haven't I mean, made the playoffs in 30 years, 25 years, 20, something like that. Something wild. I, they just, like, they've made two, they've made two um, generational talents retire before, well, retire in their prime. That's bullshit. That they is made, bullshit. Megatron, Calvin Johnson Jr., and LeBron, Barry Sanders. LeBron is with the Lakers right now, right? Yeah. Who was he with before? He was with the Cavaliers. Imagine if they had made him retire. Right. Damn. <laughs> right. Right. Like, and that's the thing. Like, both of them retired before ever making it to the playoffs. They, they uh, maybe Calvin made it once. Maybe Barry made it once. But like, really, like, not really having much success or even an opportunity. Yeah. And they both were like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna give up my body to just not make it." No, uh, because. A lot of those guys end up having severe physical issues. Well, they were on. loyal to their team, you know what I mean. So they signed big deals with their team because, like, that's what you're supposed to do as a star athlete. Like, you're supposed to sign that first big deal with your team and try and make it work. And they did. But at the end of the day, like, everybody knows the Lions suck. At the end of the day, some players are too good for that, though. Like, some players are too good to just be held down by one team. I mean, as much as as much as people clown the Browns, like. Lions went 0 16 just, and then they went like 1 and 15 and 2 and 14. And, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so embarrassing. They're just as bad, you know? Like, I have, like, my both my grandparents on uh, my dad's side actually came from Michigan, I'm pretty sure. Like, they just happened to meet each other later in life, but, like, they grew up in Michigan and stuff like that. So that's that's the only reason, like, I was, like, ever thinking about it. My grandmother's actually buried in Kalamazoo, so. Yeah, yeah I mean, Michigan's supposed to be, like, hotbed for sports so like it's interesting to see that the Pistons suck the the um Lions suck um dude they love sports my out Red there. Wings suck <laughs> shout out to I, I don't know if the Tigers suck but shout out to good sport. pods don't have long names <laughs> yeah they've showed me some love on Twitter so <laughs> nice you always you always gotta sh- you always gotta like show love you always gotta show love to those who show love that's how I feel about that because like at the end of the day we're all just we're all just a bunch of dumb people, you know, trying to just like entertain other dumb people. <laughs> Woo. Me and next girlfriend. Next year. <laughs> it feels like that. It feels like I've had a million. Well yeah, in retrospect it always feels like a lot more than it is, you know. I sometimes like in my mind I'm like Okay, her, her, her. But then I'm like, no, I only knew her for a hot second. I only slept with her once. Me and her texted each other a couple of times, and that was weird. Yeah, I've had to block everything out that wasn't like a multi multi year relationship, you know. Exactly. Everything that's why. That's why. If you ask me, if you if you actually ask lessons. me, I've only ever had three long term relationships. Right. Um. There have been plenty of other women for periods of time sprinkled in there, but like nothing really serious or anything that like. Everything was a lesson along the way. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but they didn't affect the course of my life like the three big ones. My problems are fall hard, so hey, whatever. Me too, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I fall in love so quickly, and hard. the thing is, like when when you grow up, you start to realize that love isn't what it's 
like everybody's had this conversation but like you know like obviously Hollywood and the media and shit lies to you about what romance is and it's it, it's something different for everybody else it's a lot more random and sporadic than that being where I am right now I feel like it's just kind of like find someone that you don't want to kill and then just try to make it work every day well when I was growing up like I always heard that like if you want a relationship to work, you gotta work at it. And you gotta like, make it work, dude. And like honestly, like at first I thought it was the obvious shit, like oh it's gonna be work, like it's gonna be hard and shit like that. But like yes and no, like every relationship is hard. It needs work, but like when you're really in it, like it doesn't seem like work. Our like, dude, our grandparents' generation, the fucking people who went to like World War Two and shit, they had it so easy. When they came back, every every did woman they? Won. Did they though? Well, no, they had to, they had to go suffer severe physical and psychological trauma. Oh, man, like, but when they came back, every woman wanted to sleep with them. Listen, uh, <laughs> marriage is a whole another topic that it should it should be uh, revisited. Yeah, no, bit. I I actually just posted something about that on Facebook earlier. I I'm an or, I'm ordained to perform weddings, and yet I feel like there's a whole concept with that problem to begin with. So, just, like, am I part of the problem? I just feel like marriage was invented to, one, join families so that they the families could make more money. The Produce more resources. There, right? Yeah. And the other one was to gain property and land, and women were treated as property. And, like, as it shifted over the years... Like, there's a lot of things that still just, like, the reason why we're doing this is to protect dudes. And, like, <laughs> like for instance, your wife cannot testify against you in court no matter what. Do you know that if two police officers are partners, right? And They can't testify. They, yeah, they see a crime that they, they can testify against each other. Cops, they can testify against each other. But because we went to a church and got married... I can do whatever I want in front of you, and you can't send me to jail. Damn. Okay, so, like, that's another thing that I'm just like... And I feel like that's one of those things I know, but, like, just, every time I'm reminded of it, I'm like, oh, it, shit. It's just <laughs> wild. Like, it's just... Then you think about, like, well, why would that ever be a thing? Like, why would that be the only instance in which you could not testify against somebody in the court of law? You could, you could legally not tell the truth. To protect money, like that's all it is. Stop! You're fucking, you're fucking me up, man. I'm no, trying, like, I'm like, trying to like. That's why I said marriage is a whole another thing. Like, it's just, it's wild. Like, I'm trying to maintain optimism in my hopeless romanticism. I'm not saying that like <laughs> you shouldn't be in long relationships or in serious relationships or anything like that. I just feel like the institution of marriage has swayed so wildly that it's just like maybe we shouldn't. A lot of people get a lot of people break up right after they get married. Why? Because the wedding was so stressful for them to even get it to go and happen. Yeah. Like and then it's just like you you either put in her family in debt or your family in debt or you're in debt or you're both in debt for a celebration. Like and I just don't you know I my my opinion is is there anything so wrong with just being in a relationship with someone forever not even necessarily getting married if you want to have a ceremony to celebrate something or whatever that you love each other or something do that but like there's no problem with just being boyfriend and girlfriend 
Well, also, the incentive to get married is you get a break on your taxes. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like, that can help. If you have assets like land and stuff like that, then you guys getting married and not getting taxed twice helps. Like, so that's why people want to get married a lot. You know what I mean? Like, then it's like, well, we separate church and state, but we get married in a church... And have to fucking and then we ask have permission to do paperwork at the state. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like so, it's just not to say that it's wrong. I can't really say that it's wrong. I just don't believe in it. You know, which is fair enough. I mean, <clears throat> like op- openly and honestly, like my parents have been in a sideways failing relationship for pretty much the whole existence of it. And as much as I love them, they could have made better decisions along the way. That's between them though, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like get in there for their faces and be like, <clears throat> but there's a reason why I carry some like sourness about it, and uh, I, I just I want to I always want to be open and honest about that, you know what I mean? Also, I mean I come into this with a different set of mind, cause like, growing up, I thought my parents were married the whole time, and then it didn't come until after I was like 23 that I found out that they were married through common law the whole time. I was literally about to say common law marriage is a thing. Right. So, and, like, their whole mindset of it was, like, at first it was just, like, well, I don't want you to stay with me because you have to. They owned stuff together long enough that the state was, like... Yeah, but, like, as far as, like, marriage is concerned, a lot of people stay in a marriage because they don't want to split it up financially and do all that other stuff crazy. Like That's a lot yeah, of reasons yeah, yeah. why people stay together. Or, like, eventually they might break up, but, like, they stay together longer because of those fears and, like, kids and all that other stuff. But as far as, like, that, they were, like, you know, like, you can leave at any time. And, like, when you have that mindset of, like... I'm allowing you to do whatever you want to do and you still want to be here. Yeah. That's a different bond. Like, mm. and like, it takes a lot of trust, but like, it it does feel better. Like, at the end of the day. Like, as as far as I can see. Yeah. I mean... Like I said, I've tried, to, I've tried a lot of things. <laughs> million ex-girlfriends. <laughs> um, I have a... Yeah, like I said, like I said about my parents, like watching them grow up and stuff, like like I, watching them as I grow up and stuff like that. It's like, um, oh, it's slipping. I I like to drink too much. That's why it's fucking fading from me now. But like, um, I I have a certain respect and sanctity for what a relationship is, but I understand people wanting to do things outside because everybody's their own person, and like maybe everybody's just not willing to settle down. Because I always think of myself as like a hopeless romantic and wanting to be hopelessly devoted to one person. But then I would love to like, like I work, like I said before, I work as a dishwasher at this restaurant right now. If any one of those women wanted to take a run at me, I don't think I'd be strong enough to say no. And if I was in a committed relationship, that would be a serious moral thing I just wouldn't want to deal with. No, I would say I've been in committed relationships before and it doesn't necessarily feel the same way. Like for me at least, like I just like attention. It's just like I like attention. I, love attention. I like it when someone wants but me. But <laughs> how do you say no to that? <laughs> I love attention, but at the same time, like when you have everything you want, like maybe it just comes with age. Like I'm 32 now, so like when you have everything you want and you know what you want, like 
and you don't even have any gray hair too. I, I, I had one white hair on my face. Dude, I saw one. <laughs> I saw one gray hair in my head like a month or two ago, and I, I keep, got a couple up here. But like, I keep looking in the mirror and being like, "Oh shit! Oh shit!" <laughs> um, yeah. So like, I I just feel like, yeah, you look, but at the same time, it's like, nah, but I'm good. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and which which makes me realize that. Uh, none of the women I was in a committed relationship with were probably anything that special because I did always have a desire to want to try and fuck around on the side or I did cheat on them yeah. more than once and it's so like I just feel like if you have those feelings then like you just either need to be open because like maybe your partner feels the same way or you guys just shouldn't be in a relationship and yeah, like true. for me like I just took my time like I, I, that's not something I usually do like not necessarily like go all in at first but like because you I'm are really, in a relationship right now yeah right? yeah yeah. Very, and you don't very have to, happy one yeah. very happy one so that's what I was saying like I, I just I know I just feel like if you take your time and understand that like you gotta know this person in and out because like anything like, there's so many things that can go wrong in life by yourself. So, that when you merge two people, you merge two families, like, there's so much. Like, and I've been in, like, I have a kid with somebody else. Like, I, I've been there, <laughs> too, you know? So, like, um... Yeah, I, I actually, I don't know if you remember, but I knew you when you met her. I remember you before the kid. Yeah. And, yeah, like, it's just like, I don't, I don't have like i barely remember it but yeah. like i do remember like knowing you before that so i, I it's 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 like weird to like okay i guess i guess it's like two different things because i basically know you as two different people but i do have this one other friend who i knew very well before he had a kid and mm -hmm. now that he does have a kid i don't fucking know him at all yeah it changes you like and i mean some people get scared of it and some people thrive in it you know i I like having a kid, so it does like the like I said like the the I don't want to say bad parts because I don't feel like I have bad parts with my kid, but the tough times don't feel that tough because like yo at least he's here, it's like you know what I mean like yeah it could be it could be worse and he could not be here, and like I do have to experience that because I have to share my son so like. And that was a whole new experience, like being with him 100% of the time to being with him 50% of the time, which I'm, I'm blessed to have him 50% of the time, but because yeah. some guys don't. Louis C.K. once made a joke, uh, anybody can be a great parent half the time. Hey. <laughs> I, I feel like... You, you, as the parent... You're allowed to rebut that. <laughs> I just think it's really funny on its own. And for me, it doesn't... It For me, what it's like, it's like if I do have a kid with someone and we do end up breaking up, it gives me a little bit of hope about what that relationship might be. You know what I mean? We just need to make positive co-parenting cool. That's all I ask for. And that's the same, that's <laughs> like, the same fucking thing he said. Really like, like, you can be with someone for a little bit, have kids with them, and if it doesn't work, it just doesn't work. Right, like, that Like that just needs to be not such a, a war. Because, like, my whole thing is, like, all human beings are animals. All of us. Like, I, I don't think, like... Homo sapiens have only been around for 200,000 years. And for 140,000 years of those, we were still basically acting like apes. Mm. 
society as we know it has only been around for like 60,000 years. Supposedly it's over, so... <laughs> no, 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 I don't believe that. Because we're only just beginning to understand stuff about our own neurological processes through science and shit like that. The brain is still only 10% discovered, like the ocean is still only 10% discovered. Right, right, human right, beings, right. human beings, we have so much more to figure out. And we're not going to figure it all out. Do we need to, though? We don't need to, but our, that's uh, it's our natural desire to. Chills. <laughs> was that pithy? Was that yeah, good? That was, that was That's, some chills. That's what happens when I start drinking. I just start saying what I feel. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, uh, is the world gonna end? Who knows? I don't think the world's gonna end. Apparently, there's a. I've heard that three times already. Right in my life, dude. Three times. So there was like 2011. <laughs> someone said that. Whoa. Then the Mayans. Oh. Everybody no, no, said. No, 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 no. I was there in 2000, 1999. Oh yeah, why you said the world was gonna end because the computers was, were gonna set to zeros and I was all the seven. banks were gonna be broke. <laughs> I was seven. I barely remember that, but I do remember thinking, "What is this Y2K? I don't understand." I, I barely had internet at that toys. point, and like they were just like, "It's gonna bankrupt everybody, and nobody's gonna have any money." We're we're all gonna have to. We don't know. And they were like, the world's gonna end. And then it struck midnight, and nothing happened. <laughs> right? I remember Literally celebrating New Year's with my family. <laughs> Not that, like, yeah, the computer set to zero because on the day, on the calendar because that's what after ninety nine. What are they supposed that's what to clocks do? do. Bro? Like, <laughs> they were like, nah, this clock won't just reset. <laughs> people people seriously thought computers wouldn't be Bruh. able to handle all those zeros, and now there's Bruh. people with zeros all through their bank accounts who Bruh. just won't give it up. Bruh. Terrible. Terrible. All right. I'm pretty sure the camera stopped recording a while ago, so we should probably just call it there. Right. I'm gonna. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna like edit this so it's like it fades to just like a picture on the video version. But, uh, yeah, whatever. This has been Million Ex-Girlfriends Podcast, episode XX. It's 40-something. I don't remember which one. But, yeah, Jesse Piff, uh, thank you for, thank you for uh, being, a, being a good friend and being an inspiration. And uh, I look forward to many, uh, many more of these with you. Me too, bro. This is going to be fun. <laughs> Peace. I did that. Dude, me too. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. <laughs>